Hey, everybody. You're listening to the Legacy Church Podcast. Legacy Church is a multi-generational church that exists to worship God, become like Jesus, and bring hope to our community. Today, we're sharing a message from our current series. We believe that the Word of God is powerful and has real-life application to our lives today. We hope that this message encourages you. Get connected and learn more about us by visiting our website at lgcy.church. The message I want to share with you is overcoming the spirit of familiarity. Overcoming the spirit of familiarity. I will show you how good familiarity can be and how dangerous familiarity can be. And we are living in a season where people have become too familiar with God. You see, when you've been in church for a long time, you find that um, you become too familiar. You think you know every word of God. I remember one time when we first started ministry and, you know, back in the West and, and uh, you know, we were excited for God and excited to see God move. And uh, one of the people that have been in the church for a long time uh, looked at us and uh, said, uh, wow, don't worry about them. Their excitement will go. The reason is because they had become too familiar with church. Let me give you a quick definition of familiarity or familiarity itself. Uh, what it simply means is uh, being well known or knowing something too well. How many of you drive, you're driving, you come from work, you, drive, you don't even know how you pass through a set of lights? And then when you get home, you're like, did I just pass there? You know your ways and your ways. You don't even think about what is going on because you can just cruise like that. That is what? That is familiarity. It's a good familiarity. You know where you're going. You know what, what, what is happening. You know your environment. So familiarity is uh, being well known or recognizability based on uh, long or close association. Remember, I'm dealing with two topics in one. There is a good familiarity and the danger to familiarity. Let me take you to a scripture real quick in Mark chapter 6 verse 2 to 4. It says that when the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue and many who heard him were amazed. They begin right there. But that is not a good amazement. They are amazed because they want to compare now, where is this man coming from? And the scripture continues, it says, where did this man get these things? They asked, what is this wisdom, and has, what is this wisdom that has been given him? What are these remarkable miracles he is performing? But look at three. Isn't this the carpenter? Right there, they begin to look at Jesus. They're going to change after seeing what Jesus has done. But they want to now reduce the gauge to where they can be familiar with him. To first of all, look at him so that they can discredit what he is doing. 
Here's what it says. Is in this Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon. Haren't his sister here with us. And the Bible says after that, and they took offense. This is what is killing the move of God. Because we go into the house of the Lord as, as if we know everything. I told somebody that told me, he said, uh, hey, we want to advertise, you know, God uses me in deliverance and all that. We want to advertise you coming into the house, into the city uh, of um, Estevan, and we're going to put a big billboard, that deliverance and everything. I told them, I said, stop. You can't advertise the move of God. You can't tell God when to move. You can't advertise God is going to move. Otherwise, you're putting me under pressure to cook up something that is fake. But when we become too familiar with God, we feel like we can tell God when to move, how to move, what to do, and how to do it. You can never advertise the move of God. You just have to expect God to move by you positioning yourself to receive. But familiarity with God says that I got it figured out. I've seen how God works. I know he's going to work. I tell people, they come, oh, can you pray for me for a miracle? I said, I got no miracle to pray for you. Because I want to make sure I'm not the center of the action because you and I will never be the center of action. God is, is the only one who can make a miracle and he decides when to do that miracle. In this case here, they became too familiar now. They, they got offended. They got too offended. And uh, first of all, we, you begin to understand. They began counting. You're doing miracles, but you're just a son of a carpenter. We know your sisters. We know your brother. What can you tell us? Have you ever seen those uh, people that um, say, uh, who are you to tell me? Especially you see it in, 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 uh, even in work. You know, you've worked there at the company for 20 years, and then a newbie just comes uh, two months old in that company, and they tell you, you know what, I think we can do this different. We, we can maybe adjust here. What do they say? Who are you? I've been here for 20 years. Maybe your 20 years of being there is an interest to something that God wants to do. Oh, my goodness. Sometimes the longer we are Christians, the more we become an interest to what God wants to do. Can I preach today? Can, can I say this? That's why we have to learn how to avoid being too familiar. Because with familiarity, it breeds what? Contempt. I'll show, I'll show you a few things here because there is something that God is trying to do. Please, please understand me. I, I, I'm not picking anything here. I began to ask God, how are we going to usher in something powerful in the earth today? God said, if you get rid of being too familiar, when you know you know it all, be careful. I laugh the kids, you know, uh, the, you, you go and buy them a toy. And then uh, you open that toy and it needs to be assembled together. And the moment they see that toy, they say, no, 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 I got it. I got it. I can do, I can do it. I can do it. I, I don't need you. I don't need you. You are an old guy. I don't need you. 
And they begin to put everything together, but it's not working. And then you just say, Dad, can you help me put this together? I said, I thought you knew it. Why? Because the son or the kid becomes too familiar with their dad. Oh, my goodness. Let me, let me. <laughs> I was telling my kids in the car. There are so many people that um, call for advice. And then uh, I give them in the same tone, the same advice, especially the younger generation. And they excel. There's one boy who was just amazed and he has excelled a lot. And then I use the same tone to try and speak with my kids. It's like I'm, a, I'm, I'm just like a, the cousin to the devil. <laughs> Why? Because they don't want to receive from me. There is familiarity. They see me when I'm in my jammies. They see me when I'm just, you know, a regular joy in the house. Because I'm not walking in the house just rabba shaka rabba the fires and nah. <laughs> That's why Jesus said a prophet is without honor in his hometown. Why? The people become too familiar with the prophet. They know his weaknesses. They know his mistakes. They know when he's grumpy. They know when he's screaming. So they become too familiar. What I'm arriving at is this. We have to be careful when we become too familiar with each other. Just because I know your weakness, it doesn't mean that I have to demean you or you have less value. Just because I know your shortcomings, it doesn't mean I can't receive from you. And here's the problem now we have in church. So now we know each other too very well. I've been to your house. I've hung out with you. I know you conduct your affairs. And then you're going to come here and say, Rabba, Shaka, Rabba. I'm not receiving from you. You've become too familiar because here's what God does. God can even use a donkey, stinky donkey, to lead you to where you need to go. He's still God. The Bible says he uses the foolishness of this world to confound the wise. So be careful when you think you are wise before God. Ah, this is too much. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Hey, I'm, I'm in my house here. I'm, I'm glad I'm not, uh, I'm, not, uh, I'm not at a conference. I want to show you the dangers of familiarity. Because if, if, if we're going to say, Pastor Rachel, we want the move of God, even just me, if I'm going to say I need the move of God, there are certain things that need to be in place with me. It doesn't matter if you were born again in 1962. That move was in 1962. God has moved on already. He's doing something new. If you come with an attitude of 1962, guess what you will do? You will miss the spirit that is moving in 2003. I began to ask God, how do we do these things? He said, son, as long as you continue to learn every day, 
you are going to see the power of God move because not even Bible college can cause you to understand the ways and the works of God. This is an everyday relationship with God. So it doesn't matter what happened yesterday. How did you were in that devotion yesterday. What matters is where are you right now? Because you see, the enemy doesn't look at what you did yesterday. He looks at what opportunity is afforded by you today. Uh, listen, the dangers of familiarity. Let's look at this real quick. Mark chapter 6 verse 5 to 6. It says, uh, he could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. He was amazed at their lack of what? What brought lack of faith? Familiarity. They were too familiar with him. Who are you? You're just a carpenter. I've even seen you maybe one of those sleeves go into your hands and you're just a human being trying to poke them out. So the dangers of familiarity is that we become people of unbelief. We come into the service, we forget to believe that God can change a life. I'll tell you this. We were, we've been praying for a house for a long time. Pastor Rachel and Matt, they know, and most of, of our friends here, uh, they may know. Uh, for three years, we started believing God for a house. And... Uh, I can believe for other people to see their miracle, but the biggest challenge for me was to believe I could actually buy a house because I don't have a pay stub like any other regular person. I'm a traveler. I just go whatever is thrown at, at me. That's what I use. And I'm okay with that. Thank you, Lord. But listen to this. We tried every ways possible of getting a mortgage that would approve us this. And, he, and each and every time we needed a, we went to go and buy a house, guess what? It's like the doorpost shifted. The stress test went up. Everything, everything else for three years. And I became too familiar with the workings of God to an extent that I became, I had unbelief in believing for something bigger like a house. Because now I knew you needed money because, you know, after you learn, you need to serve. You don't just go to the bank, I want to buy a house. How much do you have? How much do you make? And for me, there was no such a thing like that. Now listen to this. One service in, our, in, our, in Kitchener, Pastor Matt came. My kids were drawing some things and, you know, believing God for this house that we, we, we need and... And uh, Pastor Matt, out of nowhere, after I had finished actually preaching in uh, our campus in uh, Kitchener there, he comes and he says, um, the Lord is going to give you a house. He's going to give you a house. Do you know how mad I was? <laughs> no, I want to tell you the truth. I'm a man who has seen God move everywhere I travel. But it's like the moment he said, God is going to give you a house. And in my heart started saying, do you know how difficult it has been all these years? And belief started rising. Why? Because I became too familiar with my situation. To an extent that I did not see any other situation out. 
You see, even your sickness, if you've been sick for a long time and somebody comes and says, God is going to heal you. Do you know how you can be mad? I've prayed, I've prayed, I've prayed. It doesn't matter when you prayed. What matters is when God chooses to move. So here I am, he says that, and i just like, okay, I'll just receive it like a charismatic person, yeah. <laughs> and we went on. Couple weeks or a month or so, we came back, again I preached, here's Pastor Matt, the same thing he says. God is going to give you, Dr. K, God is going to give you a house. And don't, don't be even surprised if somebody just gives you a house. Like, somebody, and at this time, guess what? At this time, we had missed to buy a house for only $5,000. We couldn't even find $5,000. We were outbid by $5,000. And then I'm looking at him and said, do you know how hard it has been and somebody's going to give me a house? Again, I felt what? Offended in my spirit. Not at him, offended in my spirit. Because I had become too familiar with the struggles that I was going through as far as a house is concerned. <laughs> Listen to this. Then I go to Saskatchewan. God says, just preach. And you know, I just preach the word. Began to preach and preach and preach. And there was a man in that service. He tells the pastor, I want to see him. When his wife comes, I want to talk with them. We said, okay. We go to the house. The man says, hey, the Lord was speaking to me that I have to give you $40,000 for your down payment of the house. God begins to deal with my unbelief. Because you can believe all you want until you are able to believe God for the impossible. That's the only time God will do the impossible things in our lives. Familiarity breeds what? Unbelief. So look at this. As my wife, she's crying and screaming because for 40 years, we didn't, I'm telling you the truth. My wife was crying. She was like at an African uh, funeral wailing like, hey! <laughs> and then here we are at this quiet house. For me, my goal was, uh, man, God, just get me out of here. Because you know what God had told me at that time? I just embarrassed you. <laughs> you became too familiar with uh, the pain you are going through, you couldn't believe I can take that pain. One shot, I can change everything. Then the man says this, that wasn't it. I said, God, now what's coming now? He said, the Lord told me to actually co-sign on a mortgage. And here I've already done that. And it's a mortgage of 1.2 million. Here it is. I'm like, mama mia. <laughs> God was dealing with my familiarity with him. Because the problem is we want God to move at our own time when we want it to move and how we want him to move. But God says, I have other ways I move, not according to your will, but according to my will, according to my time, according to my season, according to my ways. 
Until you and I give up our ways and let God's words come into our lives, we are going to live what? A frustrated life. And then now listen to this. I get out of there. I said, God, you embarrassed me indeed. Now listen. We get a house. That's another miracle. I don't want, I'm not preaching about that. I wanted to go to this. We get a house and all that stuff. We are about to close. We move in November 3rd. The man calls again. He says, Doc, I was seated here, but the Lord kept talking to me. I know the plan was for you to put 5% down. But the Lord told me to say, you have to put 20%. I said, yeah, where am I going to get the money? I am sending you the money right now for you to put that 20%. I said, okay. I got to the mail after a couple of days. He sent it actually express. The following date was in our mail. I go and open those checks, two checks, I want to tell you about. Because God at this time is not dealing with me based on what he has answered. He's dealing with me for my unbelief. Do you know that Christians are full of unbelief? And we say we believe. We only believe when it is working out for us. We don't believe when it is going tough for us. Now, if we're going to walk in the power of God, we have to believe for the impossible. I opened the check. Guess how much? $100,000. I froze. I said, who am I? What am I? That man, God could have spoken to him to, to help others. And then I look at my, my wife, I'm like, this is insane. And not only that, he says, listen. The Lord also spoke to me because you haven't, I watched some of the videos you do, crusades in Africa. I'm also giving you the money for you to go. And not only are you going to go alone, I'm coming with you. And I look, the next church is $40,000. So $140,000. By the time I went to Scotiabank, to the bank, to deposit that, guess what? They were confused. Because up to this point, my balance was zero. They are trying to figure out, did this guy scam somebody? Did this guy do something? Amen. When God does things, it does bigger to shock the enemy for you. I'm shocked. The bank is shocked. The devil is shocked. Everybody is shocked. And literally, the lady, and they know me at that Scotia Bank. I can send my wife without me. They can do anything without even me. She gets out. Charles, um, uh, just, just, wait, just wait a little bit. She gets out. She goes into some office. And then I'm just right there. I said, I did not steal it. It's mine. Go verify. Call anybody you want to call. That's mine now. And then, uh, and, the, and then she comes and she says, oh my. I said, yeah, oh my. My bank account is shocked. The banker, she's shocked. The bank is shocked. I am shocked. My kids are shocked. That's what God can do to take our unbelief out. 
Jesus was performing miracles not to show off. He wanted to take unbelief from the people for them to understand he can do what no man can do. That's what miracles are for. So if a miracle hasn't happened in your life, don't worry. Look at somebody's life whose miracle has happened and say, if God can move in their lives, I'm sure it's just a matter of time before he moves in mine. But familiarity would say this, look how long you've been praying. Look how long it has taken. Oh, did you see that your friend actually got what you were looking for? And we become too familiar. So unbelief, because of unbelief, Jesus could not do miracles. And then here's the second one, the dangers of uh, being too familiar with God. Offense. Mark chapter 6 verse 3. I said this when each time, and it was just natural. Nothing against Pastor Matt. I told him, by the way. I told him. I told him after I told him this miracle. It's the $100,000 that you didn't know about because this just came in a week ago. But listen to this. Each time he told me God was going to give you a house, I got offended because of the magnitude of that me having that house. I told him I've exhausted everything. I couldn't see a way out. Look at this scripture here, Mark 6, 3. They began to say, isn't this the carpenter? What does that translate? Isn't this been going on for a long time in my life? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Isn't this what goes on in our family? We always end up here. We, it's like a generational curse. And then it goes here. Aren't his sisters here with us? And they took what? Offense. When you are too familiar with God, you can easily be offended. Somebody comes, okay, for example, somebody comes and says, uh, you know, the Lord gave me a word about you that, uh, you know, there are some things that you need to change. Oh, my God. And you've been in church for 20 years. Don't you think that I know how God moves? Don't you think that I pray in my closet? Yeah, you pray in your closet, but God has been finding it difficult to get to your closet. That's why now he's using somebody to come in to tell you. You see, sometimes we may do something so spiritual, not knowing that the same spiritual thing we're doing is blinding us from what God wants to do in this season. That's why Jesus had to tell Peter, get behind me, Satan. Peter wasn't a Satan at all. But Peter had allowed the circumstances of what he heard to be led by the spirit of the enemy to say, no, 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 you're not going to go and die. What am I saying here? God wants to do something new and he wants to open up our hearts to say, listen, it doesn't matter what you learned in Bible college. Can I do something new? In fact, the more I study the Bible, the more I want to go and enroll in another school again. Because I find out I know nothing. <laughs> Zero. Somebody asked me in the, in the service, we had a, such a powerful move in Saskatoon. If you follow on Facebook, you could see that. Actually, uh, some pastors came and uh, sat with me. They took me for coffee and they wanted to, you know, to, you know that word we use in Canada, to pick my brains. I said, they may be sour, but I don't know if you're going to pick them. 
So we sat down, they started asking me, how do you prepare when you go into a service? And then they were shocked. I said, I go into a service knowing nothing. Only expecting God to do what he wants to do for that particular moment. Why? Familiarity with God can make you compare the move of last century to the move of today. God is not in the whole century. God is a God of now, today. Today. Here's the last one here I wanna give you as well. The dangers of familiarity. Familiarity with God or with each other actually breeds contempt. Familiarity is dangerous because the better you know someone, the more you will find fault with them. Then, for example, you come, you know, I, I have, a, you know, I've, I've got large followers, right? They, they, they watch on TV or, or they, they hear people give testimony and everything. And then maybe they come to my house and they find out I put on the, the, the trousers just like anybody else. I wake up in the morning with uh, all stuff all over me. If you came, you walked in the morning, probably my breath is like fire. You, 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 you're running away. And then guess what? Because of that, you look at me and say, he's just a regular Joe. Who is he? There's nothing he can offer. It breeds contempt, and you can never receive from that person. You know your pastor very well, or you know the leader very well, you know their background, uh, you, you, maybe you were there when they were putting their diapers when they were young, and then they grow up and God is using them. Guess what is going to block you from receiving to, from them? I saw you when you were a child. And then the Lord says, yes, that is what is going to block you from receiving from this child. Familiarity breeds contempt. Okay, maybe, maybe, maybe this, is a, this is not hitting on. We have a newbie coming to the church. And actually, we churches are good at that. A new person comes into the church. Every one of us cloud over them. We love them. We shower them with the blessings and everything. I want to take you for coffee. I want to take you for coffee. After three months, they are well known in our church. We don't even invite them anymore. <laughs> Why? We have become too familiar with who they are. Now they come in. Oh, these people, they don't love me anymore because now they are counting on the love that you showed them the first time they came. If you show that kind of level of love, you have to maintain it. But this is the, this, I go to churches, oh, they don't have love in that church. I said, okay, why don't they have love? Tell me how it was when you first went to that church. Oh, it was so lovely. They took me shopping, my baby shower, and everything. Now, you know, I don't have children anymore. They are all grown up. Now there is no baby shower. You know what? Now you don't feel important. So guess what? You will gauge your love based on that importancy that was given to you at the beginning. Two, the people have become too familiar. Ah, am I speaking to the family here? <laughs> now listen to what happens now. When we come into the service like this, we are too familiar with each other. We're too familiar with the words of each other. By the time we're trying to cry out to God, our familiarity with each other has already hindered what God can do in a service. 
I know this is tough, but I just want you to know, if we're crying for God to move, he has to start with us. He has to start with me. I intentionally began to do something. Wherever I go to preach, I tell them, do not usher me from the back door out to the back door. I want to come right to the front, right the door where everybody is. I want to mingle with people. I want them to know that I'm just uh, a regular Joe. Just a regular Joe. There's nothing super, super important, super powerful about me. I'm just a man who have learned to submit at the feet of Jesus Christ for Jesus to do what to use me. I'm a man also who have my own shish kebab I'm dealing with, just like any other person. And when we maintain that attitude and spirit, guess what? We're going to embrace each other and give space for each other to grow and to grow in the things of God. Why? Because I don't become judgmental of where you are at. I am going to help you to get to where you are at because I was there once. I know what it means to fail. Look at this here. Here's another point. Familiarity is dangerous because the more time you spend with someone, the more you, you lose respect for them. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed that? We've been hanging out with bullies, with bullies, with bullies, with bullies. Now I don't even see you, you know. I may be your pastor now. You're like, oh, amen, amen, amen. Because the more you lose that respect, and I'm not just saying respect for a pastor here. I'm saying respect for each other. If I was to value you the way God values you, to an extent that he had to send Jesus Christ to go and die on the cross of Calvary just for you, uh, if I valued you that way, that you are the redeemed of God, you are the, the one that God has redeemed you, and we come into the house of the Lord, guess what? We're looking at each other. I know you got my, your problems. I know I've got my problems, but what are we going to do here? Let's push to heaven together for God to show up and change our lives so that we can be a life changer and life giver. I say this, you can't take people where you've never been yourself before. This is why this message is important. Not being too familiar with each other. Valuing each other. I'll use this example. They're your friends and you know, the first time you started Becoming friends, for example, you went into the, you know, you, they invited you to their house. They cleaned everything and everything was so clean. Have you been, I got visitors coming. Kids, shh, kids in your basement. They, they, these are important visitors. They, they're coming right now. And I want you to be here. I want you to be angels. And then after you become too familiar, guess what? It doesn't matter. Dishes all over, everything all over. It doesn't, I mean, we even too familiar with our own cars. When you buy a car, what do you do? Every you sleep, you wake up in the window, you want to see what's happening in there. You can't leave even a coffee cup there. Why? Because it's not too familiar with you. This is treated nicely. And then after some times, ah, who cares? Psh, splash, splash, splash. The same attitude is the attitude we have with God. God becomes so important. We come here with a revelation of fear. 
We have the reverential attitude towards God. Oh, I am here is for God. I just want to worship. I just want to feel the presence of God. And then a few times after you come in here, you don't care. If you felt God or God spoke to you, don't care. You just register time into church and you go home. And we are crying for a move of God. Not only does God want us to restore our relationships, he wants us first to avoid the spirit of familiarity with him. Because the Bible says, how can you claim you love God if you don't love your brother? Familiarity is a danger. And I want to show you this here. We can have somebody to, pray, to play. And then we're going to pray together here in a little bit. I want to show you something very powerful. What familiarity does. In Numbers chapter 20 verse 9 to 12. You know already Moses was one of a few people in the Bible that really saw the power and the glory of God, the manifest presence of God in his life. And Moses was in such a presence of God to an extent that there's no man who can claim to have, to have had encountered God in such a powerful way. In this particular portion of scripture in Numbers 20, before the children of Israel of that day were complaining. Were complaining about food, water, and everything in the desert. And God spoke to Moses to say, I want you to speak to the stone. Sorry, I want you to, 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 uh, to strike the stone and water will come out of it. That was the instruction God had given him. And Moses did that. He struck that stone. But he struck, he struck that stone from a different attitude. He wasn't grumpy. And God had told him to do that. But it seems like after some time, because Moses was hanging out with God's presence in so many areas, Moses became too familiar with God to an extent that he's going to act like this in this portion of Scripture. Look at this here. Then Moses and Aaron gathered their assembly together before the rock, and he said to them, Hear now you rebels. That's the voice of a man who is upset. That's the voice of a man who is hungry. And he's not only upset with the children of Israel, they are not obeying him. He is upset here with uh, the instruction that God had given him. He did not tell him, call them rebels. But God knew they were rebels to him. But listen to what happens here. And then he says this, shall we bring water for you out of this rock? And Moses lifted up his hand and struck the rock with his staff twice, not once, twice. But God did not tell him in this particular incident to strike the rock. He told him to speak to the rock. But how many know when you are full of bitterness and anger, you can't speak very well? Some of you even stammer when, when the fire is on, when the fire is on. I'm just going to 
get you because it's coming, it's the passion and everything in there. One of the greatest things that is going to stop the move of God is actually offense and bitterness in the hearts of people. Because when we are too familiar with each other, we will be easily offended by each other. And when we are offended by each other, guess what? There is no way the power of God can move in a place where there is no honor. A place where there is no honor for God, honor for each other, there is no way God can move. We can be here and have church. According to the history of the, our charismatic, we are church. I'm asking, did we have church? Did God come in our midst? That's the church we are looking for. God, can God come and show up in our midst? But probably he's afraid because we are full of bitterness and anger and forgiveness in our hearts. Moses, he couldn't speak. And look what God says to Moses here real quick. And the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, because you did not believe in me to uphold me as holy in the eyes of the people of Israel, therefore you shall not bring this assembly into the land that I have given them. The question is, what disqualified Moses from leading the people into the promised land? Two things. Moses became too familiar with God. And that is what God says. Actually, other scripture says, uh, because you, you, you treated me with contempt. Listen. What Moses had done, he had taken up offense the people had irritated him. In this season, if you take up the offense of those who are offended because they are offended, you are offended, you are going to miss what God wants to do. We need to realize we need God in this season to be near our hearts and our spirit. That God, I don't want to be too familiar how you work and how you operate. I want to know you in such a way that everything is new. Do you know when you have everything brand new? It smells good. It looks good. You always want to run back to it. But some of us, we've made God to become so old. And the reason is, some preachers came and preached to us, are you served? You're going to hell. And they said, no, 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 no. I don't want to go to hell. I want to go to heaven. And they said, okay, here's a ticket. You got the ticket to go to heaven, but you don't know what to do while you are waiting to go to heaven. We become too familiar with God. We treat Him with contempt. Our commitment level becomes so low. I will go when I want to go. I will show up when I want to show up. It doesn't matter what the people say. By the way, I'm just a volunteer here. They don't pay me. That is what familiarity does. Let me tell you something and the reason why I'm sharing this message. One day we were invited to go and preach in a place with my wife and the kids. And we didn't know that was just a, a, 
church plant. We get there, there was only the, the church planter, their daughter, and my kids. And I went into a crisis. I'm telling you the truth. Where are the people, Lord? And then the Lord said this. If you are able to honor me with a few, I will trust you with many across the nations because I know your attitude is not in the numbers. Your attitude is in the souls that are present. That changed how I approached ministry. As long as there is one more person, as long as there is two people there, I'm going to go and preach as if there is a thousand. Why? Because I refuse to be too familiar with God. You know, we can come in the house of the Lord for a long time like this. We are too familiar with each other. We are too familiar with the history. We're too familiar with all the struggle and everything. And we allow the enemy to blind us from what God wants to do in this season. A new season where God wants to do something very special. But our past is holding us. Past mistakes. Past bitterness. Past whatever. Past favorite. And the Lord is saying, I'm doing something. I'm not a God who goes into the past. I'm a God who uses the past to bring about the new. And I'm about to do something new. But will you accommodate me to, lead, to, to release that thing that is new into our lives? Or are we going to say, that's not how it was done. That's not how it should be done. I love, I deal with lots of churches. Some of them, it's the worship team. Members, maybe they came from somewhere and they said, that's not the songs we used to sing there. You are there. This is here. It doesn't matter what you sang there. If it was a cappella, praise God for a cappella. Here we beat the drums. What I'm saying is when you are too familiar, when you are too familiar with the environment, it bleeds contempt. Maybe you travel like me. You go to some places and then you look like, this is not how we do in Canada. Yeah, you are not in Canada. Embrace the people and the culture there and all shall go well. I don't want to go to the story in the book of Leviticus. I believe it's chapter 10 of Aaron's children. Abiel. Let me just read, let's stand and uh, we're going to pray together. Let me just read this and we're going to pray together. Yes, it's uh, Leviticus chapter 10 verse 1 to 4. It says, uh, Aaron's sons, Nadab and Abiel, put coals of fire in their incense banners and sprinkled incense over them. In this way, they disobeyed the Lord by burning before him the wrong kind of fire different than he had commanded. Familiarity brings disobedience. Aaron's children, they were familiar with the temple. 
and they saw what their dad did and they thought, I can do it at any time. And guess what they did? They went and started burning the fire. God called that fire a strange fire. Why? They had become too familiar with God and they thought they could do what Aaron can do. We need to understand as people of God that we can never know where God too well more than that we can't take correction when God is speaking. I don't dismiss any person that comes to me to say, the Lord said uh, I should give you this word. It doesn't matter what you've seen God do in your life. It doesn't matter what you've seen God move in your life. God is saying, I'm about to do a new move today. I'm about to show you something new today. I want to do something that is so special in your life. Are you willing to say, God, I'm laying down all that I know for all that you can provide, that I can be a vessel that ashes in the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom that changes lives. Father, I don't want my knowledge to be a stumbling block into what you want to do. Is that your prayer today? That's my prayer. That's my desire. That God, it doesn't matter how many miracles I have seen. Humility is key to advancing the kingdom of God. Humility is powerful. Because when we tell God we know too well, then God will say, go solve your own problems. Father, the world is burning right now. Look what is happening in Israel. But we know God. We know, we know what to do. We know what to do. Guess what? God says, go do it. We have to come to Him to say, God, only you understand. As God was talking to Ezekiel, Ezekiel saw some dry bones. God actually told him, Ezekiel, what do you see? Ezekiel says, I see dry bones. And then the Lord says, you see correctly. But I'm going to ask you a question, Ezekiel. Can these dry bones live once again? Ezekiel was smart enough to say, Lord, only you knows. He did not say, I have seen the God of my forefathers who can bring these bones to live, to life. Ezekiel says, only you, God, knows you can change the situation. Only you, God, knows because you operate at your own time. Only you, God, knows because you operate according to your word. Only you, God, knows because you operate according to the season. And Father, I am saying, yes, only you knows these dry bones can live once again. And then the Lord at that time was able now to entrust the power of words into the mouth of Ezekiel. And he told Ezekiel, now speak to these dry bones today. It is at that time, Ezekiel, first of all, he wasn't too familiar with God or too familiar with the situation to say, who have ever seen a bone with no flesh start coming back together? 
If it is you and me, we see such a dry season in a person's life. We will say, man, I'll believe for you, but I don't know about this one. I think this one would be weird. I don't know if this one can change. But the Lord said to him, don't be too familiar with my doings. Don't be too familiar with my words. Don't be too familiar with my power. I am the God who can bring flesh back to the dry bones. And this is the mercy that God is speaking into the earth. It doesn't matter what the devil is doing around the world. God is looking for believers who are not going to be too familiar with his power. Who are going to say, God, you did it before. And we know you can restore the earth according to your power. You can restore the peace in Israel. You can restore lives. You can restore our lives because you are a God. There is no situation that is too big. May I encourage you not to get tired of the situation you are going through such that you become too familiar that God cannot help you. It could be an addiction. It doesn't matter how long you fought with this. Continue fighting it because at an appointed time, God will reveal himself strong. Don't get tired of what you are battling with. Don't get tired because it has taken too long maybe for you to change certain things. Continue to chip at it. Continue to work on it. Continue to ask God, change me, mold me, transform me, transform my life. And you're going to see what God is going to able to do. May we not be too familiar with God. May we have revelential fear of God. Where is the fear for God? Where is the fear? We talk about the love of God. A lot of people love God, but very few have the revelential fear for God. If I have revelential fear for God, there is no way I'm gossiping you. There's no way I'm speaking evil about you because I've got some revelential fear of God. Where is the fear for God in the church today? We say we love Him, but the Bible says, if you love me, then where is my honor? Where there is no fear, there is contempt of how we treat God and treat each other. May you not become so common to me such that I don't show the real love for you. May we not as believers not become so common to each other such that we don't see the value in each other. Just because somebody has a weakness, it doesn't mean you can't honor them. We love honoring people that hide, self-importance people. But God is saying, can you honor somebody even when you know their weakness? Can you respect your boss even, you, even if you know is weird. Lift up the hand. Father, help me to walk in love, not just in speech. May you help me to walk in honor, humility, and to demonstrate your character into this world in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. To hear more, subscribe to this podcast and connect with us on our website at lgcy.church.